0: This episode of Zero to Travel is brought to you by the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder with seven drive modes. The Pathfinder's available. Intelligent 4x4 is built for even the
1: most epic journeys. Learn more at nissanusa.com. Going to a place that you always dreamed of going and being present there and having this experience that you go remembering that we are going to die some, someday, sooner or later. And I went there. I fulfilled that dream. I had this experience that I always wanted for. It's so good for self-esteem, for presence, for... So I think that is a is a partner in healing, the mental, mental health global situation, like travel with purpose. Like just to consider the possibility of taking one or two weeks off to volunteer for some calls that make sense for you. And if you can do that in an affordable way and also improve your skills, just consider that. So just... Navigate through the possibilities and most important, talk to other people who did that.
0: That is today's guest, Ricardo Lima, who is the founder of World Packers, which is an online platform that connects travelers looking to exchange their skills for accommodations with incredible hosts from around the world. And since they have facilitated more than 140,000 exchanges. In 140 plus countries, and he also spent three and a half years on the road visiting over 50 countries, volunteering and learning as much as he could. I thought he would be the perfect person to bring on to help you find safe volunteer or work exchange opportunities on the road to get his best advice around that. Whether you're a traveler or on the hosting side, if you're somebody listening who has the opportunity to host travelers and provide accommodations in exchange for their help, their services, and doing it all in a way that's very symbiotic. It's not anybody taking advantage of one or the other. And also a dialogue around who should not consider a work exchange, maybe who it's not right for. Get into all of that. We also talk about the state of the hostel industry, the pros and cons of hostel life, why he moved his company from a hostel to a van and we get his best business advice this meant a lot to me coming from somebody who's built a platform to this level and also used to work in banking and finance helping people become billionaires i thought well he might have something to share around business so all of that and much more is happening right now in this episode so buckle up strap in thanks for being here and welcome to the zero to travel podcast my friend (laughs) You're listening to the Zero to Travel podcast, where we explore exciting travel-based work, lifestyle, and business opportunities, helping you to achieve your wildest travel dreams. And now your host, world wanderer and travel junkie, Jason Moore. Hey, what's up? It's Jason here with ZeroToTravel.com. Welcome to the show, my friend. Thanks for hanging out, letting me bring a little travel into your ears today. This is the show to help you travel the world on your terms to fill your life. With as much travel as you desire, no matter what your situation or experience, I'm excited to bring you this one. It's always great to bring a true expert on and get their best advice around their expertise, in this case, work exchange on both sides, on the travel side, on the hosting side, and that's what they do over at worldpackers.com. Of course, you're going to hear about Ricardo's own transformative trip and plenty of other topics i should mention at the end he has a great call to action that i want to close out with as well as a quote i want to leave you with to wrap this one up so stick around for all that in the meantime please enjoy my conversation with ricardo and i will see you on the other side my friend (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you've recorded like a hundred podcasts on your podcast or something, right? So yeah. you, you know,
1: you know how this goes. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. You like it? Yeah, I like it, have fun, like talking. But mine was not travel related. It was more sustainability related or let's call self self knowledge or self help somehow. But I do love talking about travel, but I've been so much so much mm-hmm. in the travel world that I was eager to try something different.
0: What have you learned from the, the experience? I know your podcast is in Portuguese, so unless you speak Portuguese, well, I mean, you can promote it here, of course, but uh, mm-hmm. let, yeah, let people know mm-hmm. about it.
1: Yeah, I think the main learn, learning for me was that how important it is to connect with people that I want to learn, and most important, that it has to make sense for me, you know? Not just doing that for the others or for getting something out of that, obviously, have to pay the bills and growth is good and it's it's important to be uh, recognized. But more than everything, to really enjoy doing that because it's not about how many followers the person has. It's really about the quality of the content comes to the connection that comes from the self-interest of the people that are involved. You know, I think that's the main learning.
0: What's the name of the podcast?
1: It's called Abrindo Caminhos. That means kind of... Uh, opening path, something like that.
0: Opening path.
1: Path opener, more like path opener.
0: Oh, okay, yeah, cool. Well, you're also the founder of World Packers. We're going to talk about that today. And uh, I should formally say, Ricardo Lima, welcome to the Zero to Travel podcast, my friend. Good to have you here.
1: <laughs> good, to, good to be here, brother. Thanks. Thanks so much for inviting.
0: It's my pleasure. You know, I met my wife in Brazil, so I have a special connection with your homeland.
1: Where about? Yeah,
0: she's Norwegian, though. So I, I, I met her in, at a hostel in uh, Impanima, a hostel called The Mango Tree, which we should go back to at some point. For Do you know The Mango Tree? Hostel? Yeah, I know Ipanema. it yeah. is
1: a good one. Yeah. It's fun. It's so close yeah. to the beach. Nice, nice vibes. Kind of it's a, a very nice, friendly, cozy. It's like a comfortable hostel in a nice region. So it's a great place to to meet your wife, man.
0: Yeah, I mean it's so funny that you're talking about that because it's not very few people I can talk to that know the actual space. But I'm talking to a guy who knows about a lot about hostels and <laughs> all these things around the world, which we're going to get into. But uh, yeah, so I have a I have a special connection to Brazil. We both do. I, I still think in the back of my mind it'd be really cool to whisk her away. If, if, she, if you can, you call it whisking somebody away if you take them to a hostel. <laughs> I, I think you can, right? <laughs> yeah.
1: Man, oh, oh, the hostel industry changed so much after pandemic. Like I, we probably met her before right when was that oh that yeah this was uh in
0: 2008
1: yeah so have you been in a hostel since since COVID-19
0: that's a good question have I yes I stayed in one in uh London
1: but it changed man I, I felt it changed like before like the sharing dorms and like now it's good it's coming back it's coming back for sure but it definitely brought more the vibes of Ah, I need my space there. So like the kitchen and the restaurants that used to be more shared. Now there are more restrictions, but I I feel that it's it's changing somehow, especially now the new generation Z traveling more and in a more affordable way and getting to know people. But many companies, they started to offer kind of a premium hostel version. I think that's kind of the phase that we are on this industry offering premium uh, and Mango is a kind of a premium hostel I feel it so I think you can you can say that yeah
0: mm. yeah do you think that does less for facilitating connections among travelers or it just changes it
1: mm. I think the connections are being facilitated there I, I think I still believe that that's the best way for you to get to know people and to be in a situation where you have fun in a safe way in an affordable way and you get to see and have and share bread with people from countries or backgrounds very different than yours. But I feel that what is changed is people became after after COVID-19, people became more um self-aware of let's say self-space. I think that I lived in, in the West before and I feel that in the West that's very clear, like the notion of self-space. Some parts of the world wasn't so much, but it, it got more after after COVID nineteen. So I think there was some some positive changes in in travelers' behavior, also more consciousness somehow. So let's say before some places, let let's say Nusa Penida in Indonesia, so many people would go there just for taking the pictures and and leave a lot of garbage there. So now less people go there. So people are more conscious. Also because travel is very expensive nowadays, right? So because of uh, war and, and oil, etc. cetera. So uh, I would say that people became more conscious, more self-aware, but it's still the deep desire of traveling it, that just increased because people are like just in their rooms for a long time. So I'm very optimistic for, for travel in the, in the short, medium term.
0: Well, I think the other big thing, and I'm curious about your thoughts on this, is is remote work, of course, being able to, as people can work from anywhere. And so I don't necessarily feel like I need to have my own space more than I did. I think right after the pandemic, maybe everybody was a little like, is this still, you know, what's still happening here? I think a lot of people are looking for space for work, too, because they need it for work as well. And that's a difficult balance when you're staying at a hostel to uh, expect to find... Of course, the nature of the hostel depends on... You know, we all know some of these hostels are notorious party hostels. Like, don't check into a party hostel if you actually want to get work done, right? I mean, you can get a private room, (laughs) but, you know... (laughs) <laughs> Temptation is big. Temptation is
1: big to just go and party, man. When we started, that's related to Word Packers' story because we started in a, in a hostel in San Diego. And at some point we, we moved to a van because the hostel it was too much fun to work in there, man. <laughs>
0: You you upgraded or downgraded to a van? It depends <laughs> so, on the hostel. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I move horizontally to a van, man. So, and then I would work in inter- internet cafes. And then When I went to the hostel, then I, I was able to meet people and party. Because it's so fun. It's so nice. It's so amazing to meet people and to chat and party and relax. But if you need to, to get work done, and, and we all need at some point, um, going to a cafe or being in a place. Some people can work in their own rooms, like their private rooms. Uh, I I like I don't really like working in the room, the same room that I am. I'm a digital nomad for like almost ten years now, but I always prefer going somewhere and work. So I don't mix this the energy of where I sleep or I relax w- with where I work. Sometimes if I'm working in the kitchen, so cooking changes uh, for me. So I don't have so much fun cooking. I'm cooking, thinking about work. So the physical locations of stuff are very important for me.
0: Yeah. Cooking is relaxing, isn't it? I mean, it is great when you cook a meal in the shared kitchen at the hostel. You never know what the night's going to turn into when, when you get into that situation. It's it's one of the great pleasures, I think, of staying in the hostel. It's like staying in. It's nice to, of course, go out and have the local meal, but to, to plan the sort of the meal in the hostel and even if you're there on your own and you're making your own somehow things start to cross over you start talking to people I don't know magic happens it can happen true.
1: that's true <laughs> yeah, kitchen is the best place in the house for me man that's where to sit down and to get to know people and to cook together and share a meal so like with humans that that's our history or that's where we came from making fire and, and talking and cooking that's us
0: that's us in a nutshell right what did you think about the hostels in the States? It's funny because I think, well, my first solo backpacking trip was in the late nineties. So I'm dating myself, but you know, the hostel thing, I knew it was a Europe thing. I'd heard about it from my friends and then and, and I did it. I, I think not even realizing that there were hostels in my own country and I've spent much more time in hostels out of the U S my home country than I have in the U S and I don't know if that's just because they weren't as popular. Maybe they're getting more popular now. I mean, you have your Kind of your finger on the pulse of this stuff. Uh, what what do you think about the hostels in the U.S.? Is it becoming more of a thing? Is it how are they? Because I've stayed in a ton of them.
1: Mm. When you come back to the concept of of hostel and how it started in a post war in Europe, so a way for for the people in different countries, just just there were very new countries at that time, especially after coming from some so huge event that was the war. And that was a way for people to really reconnect. So I felt that hostels, they had a huge importance in uh, putting the world together again. So travelers, it's a very, uh, not in a way that you can write specifically about that experience that changed the world in a hostel. But when you think about how many people in that time started going to different countries that just came from a war among each other. And they could, uh, like, let's say, right now, even you go to, a, I went to hostels in the West where there was like Russians and Ukrainians in the same hostel. You know, like, when you think about that situation right now in the world where there's a war happening, and they were sharing a bread, it's like, just like you become kind of countryless. You become like some borderless uh, when you were in a hostel. Like, obviously, bring your culture, bring your personality. Uh, you bring your uh, your language, your origins, your country somehow, but you are there as a human being. So I found the hostels in the U.S. amazing. Like I've, I've been to, I've been speaking to American hostel conference. I've been to many different hostels, traveling as well. Uh, I don't think they lose anything to European hostels right now. Like huge quality, uh, great locations. The main thing about the hostel, I think, is the energy of the owner, the person who started, the founder, if they did it as a way, ah, many hotels are like that, right? So let's make money. So there's a place here where I can grow a building here and then people pay me and I can maximize my profits. And usually the hostel owner is something obviously um making money is good, but like I want to have fun I want to meet people I want to create this energy so I noticed many people that open hostels in the West they have traveled either to Europe or South America or Asia or they travel to many places and they I want to keep these vibes here, but I also want to be closer to my family, my culture so they build amazing hostels so we started in a hostel in San Diego about 10 years ago, and every time I go back to the US, I love staying in different hostels. Usually when I travel right now, I have a family, I have a kid now, I like mixing. So I go to a hostel, then go to an Airbnb, then go to a hotel. So I try to mix. But every time I do that, my best memories are in the hostels and the people that I meet there and they the sharing a meal and they're cooking together. It's just so much fun.
0: It is. I, well, now that you, how old's your kid?
1: One and a half, the baby.
0: How's it going? You getting some sleep? (laughs) Um,
1: Now I'm, I'm getting back to sleep again. But it was very intense, like very intense. Still still is, but it's amazing. It's so much love, so much learning, so much work, so much commitment, but also a lot of humility into learning from this being that just comes for have fun, for just there's All the needs of this being we have to provide. So sometimes I'm worried about things on work or personal stuff, but I can just stop everything and be present and feeding her. So it's just a beautiful experience of remembering us what a humanist, right? Being humanist, because sometimes we become like machines, right? Like working and accomplishment, and have to do this and that and that, and then to-do list and checklist and cell phone and calling and whoa, and then the the baby just wants some attention, some eyes in the eyes, just playing like a fool. So that's part a part of uh, us that we it's easy to forget in the current society.
0: Travel was such a huge thing for me for so many reasons, but one of the big ones that you just brought it up that got me thinking, because I have two children myself and the presence, I think one of the th- the reasons I, I would get into these bliss states when I'm traveling because I was so present with my experiences. And the other thing that has made me so present, I think in, in recent times is my kids, like you just said, like you just described. I mean, they can't help but like kind of bring you back to the present moment where you can often just, reclaim your joy in some ways, right? Like you're right. Like the online work thing, I th- I think I don't know when they're gonna do studies in this because it's also new, but at some point they're gonna they're gonna realize this is all messing with our brains a bit too much <laughs> or something.
1: <laughs> I don't I don't know. We're seeing like the mental health the mental health in the whole world. Uh it's in probably the worst condition ever and when you think in material terms we're in one of the best conditions in history right so we do have a lot of stuff uh online work we can be anywhere we can like people have most people they have food they have a place to eat many people don't so for i'm talking about for people who have like shelter and food that are most of 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 listeners for sure and most people who are consuming online content in the world but it's still the mental health conditions of these people are in a very uh it's a, it's very concerning what's happening in terms of anxiety depression burnout because we got so much into the screens we got so much into this world of having to do stuff and disconnected from what we really what we truly want what we truly feel and when we travel you go, you get back to that state, right? You go, oh man, it's so fun. I meet people. I see this place. I open my mind because in our routine, in our daily activities, we are mostly close to that. So we don't really, we don't need to be present. We just need to follow this routine, follow what we are supposed to do, and there how we're supposed to behave, and the image that others have on us. So when you go out of this state. We get to spontaneity. We get to presence. We have to baby state, kind of, as you're saying. We are like a baby. Different language, different food, different clothes, different conversations, different subjects, different matters, different everything. So that brings some presence, some awareness. And out of this awareness, we can check. Okay, so uh, what I want, what I don't want, what I want to stop, what I should, what is not doing me any good in this life. So I feel that uh, travel can be a very good medicine for the current state of anxiety, depression, and the whole mental health condition. I don't wanna minimize it, say so just go travel. And no, it's not, that's not what I say, like or seeing doctors or the pills that you, so everyone has their specifics, but I'm just saying that adding travel to this, like could be meditation, could be therapy, could be, uh, for me was improvisation classes, you know, it's like there are different different stuff that can really help, when you're in, in those conditions, but going to a place that you always dreamed of going and being present, then having this experience that you go, remembering that we are going to die some, someday, sooner or later. And I went there, I fulfilled that dream. I had this experience that I always wanted for. It's so good for self-esteem, for presence. For, so I think that is a, is a partner in healing the mental mental health global situation like travel with purpose not just travel for uh sometimes business trips is just too much sometimes just traveling to post a picture in instagram is is too much but like travel with the purpose whatever purpose it is for for the person i feel it's a great ally in the in the world
0: we'll get back to the interview in just a moment this episode is brought to you by u.s bank recently i went out for tacos and it wasn't even friday Yes, we have Taco Friday in Norway Limited time offer. The creditor and issuer of this card is U.S. Bank National Association, pursuant to a license from Visa USA, Inc. Some restrictions may apply. This episode of Zero to Travel is presented by the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. From muddy jungle paths and snowy trails to rolling sand dunes, the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder has the capability to take you to some of the most epic And enjoy the ride along the way. Learn more at nissanusa.com. Now, back to the show. It's funny you bring up the word purpose because I'm going to pull a quote from your LinkedIn. You said, Surprisingly, I started my career as an investment banker. It taught me many things, but most importantly, I realized that despite being a great performer, that was not my purpose in this world. So there was this time in your life when you were lacking that purpose and searching for it and you, you... kind of did what you just described, kind of walking the walk, right? You, you went traveling for three and a half years and was the intention, I mean, did you really have an intention at that moment in your life to, was the intention as big as like finding your purpose or were you just kind of like, what was your mindset going into that? Did you just save up a bunch of money and say, you know what, I I mean, you just talked about the joy and the kind of the, the confidence that comes with like seeing things you've always wanted to see and and all all the benefits of travel and mental health and all those things. Did all of that stuff kind of play into that time in your life? What was kind of your mindset going into that trip? Because uh, it sounds like that was the big pivotal thing. Because out of that came World Packers and and all the things you're doing now. So I think it is important to kind of maybe just you could share some of the experience and 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 some of the lessons from that time for any of the listeners.
1: Yeah. yeah. So my first my first travel, I went to Park City, Utah. So I was went working there as a waiter. Uh, and for me, it taught me so much about uh, like independence, about the people received me so well in, in Utah. And out of that, I put in my, in, there, I was 17, eight, 17, to 18 at that time. Like, I, like I, I had some small trips before, but this one, I went by myself. I went, I was in a different context, snow and in skiing. So it, that that really put in my heart this deep desire of going to a new place and to 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 have more of that experience, that joy, that feeling of aliveness. Then, after a couple of years, I went to Spain, to Salamanca, to study during part of my university. I did six months there. And at that time, I was living with someone from Argentina, someone from South Korea, and someone from Congo. So that opened my view to, oh, okay, the world is so big, I want to see more. So. The seed in my heart was growing and seeing more possibilities. Then I came back and then I said, ah, I, I had studied economics. So I went to investment banking, got a very good job uh, in a very good bank. I was living most of the time in New York at the time. And I had the the, the perfect life as at, at society considered perfect. That means you have a potentially successful career, at that time, I was doing IPOs of real estate companies, uh, potential success in the financial area. So, oh, if you keep like that in a couple of years, you're definitely going to get a few million dollars. And then you keep, if you keep doing what you're doing. Uh, so, there was a very good mind challenge for me. So, like working with these great people and doing the deals. In, in essence, I was doing. Rich people, richer. So I was doing, I I made a lot of people become, I helped many people become billionaires. So they they did IPO of their companies. So suddenly they are billionaires. So I was using my time operating spreadsheets and presentations that eventually were making these people billionaires. So it was a lot of pressure, a lot of money, a lot of success as society says success is. But deep there, I wasn't happy. So I said, okay, I I have this status in society. I have this possibility. But like I'm doing a lot of hours here, like many weekends, like very few time off. And I look beside me and I didn't see joy in those people. You no, know? like they were looking sometimes like zombies, like their their eyes were not alive, you know? Like I was seeing these people when I was traveling in in... In Park City, or when I was traveling in in Spain or or any of the backpacking trips that I did. So I said, I don't want this script for my life, you know? That's like a successful script in terms of how the others perceive it, but not how I perceive it. What I really want is to travel the world. So what am I willing to give up in order to fulfill that? Am I willing to give up this career and this uh this relative success? And then I said yes when I because when I remembered my joy was in those trips, so I said that's what I want more. If I if not now, maybe I'll never do that. Maybe in a couple of years I won't do. So it was very people called me crazy. It was very it was very hard to to do that somehow, but very obvious to do that because that was uh, that was the deepest desire that I had. It was like it was a sabbatical it was a world trip. I didn't even know the name at that time. I just bought a one-way ticket to South Africa and started this uh, more than three years traveling. But the mindset at that time was really asking to my deep, what what, in this lifetime, what's the one thing that I really want to do? So that was travel the world at that time. So I said, that's what I'm going to do.
0: That's beautiful. You were able to answer the question and then follow through with your answer. Uh, uh, side question, can you make me a billionaire too? Is that, is that, is that something you used to do? So maybe... No, I yeah. guess
1: the uh, right. so It was worth a shot the thing, anyway. The thing on investment banking is like, <laughs> it's a lot of ways that you can... There's value creation, right? That's what you do with the podcast for you. There's value creation. And there is how you make this value perceived to others. So I think that's what investment bankers are really good at. So there's like this company and suddenly how they're gonna position this company to show like the, the growth and the potential in the future. Blah blah, blah. there's like different ways. So it's there is a lot of sales expertise into that and a lot then that I, I I use it so much in travel and I learned so much in travel. Actually I feel that I learned this more in traveling than in the bank. Let's say, for example, sales. I remember remember a guy in Morocco, Abdul, he was from Ouarzazate and he was selling uh, like carpets and I was a backpacker, I didn't need a carpet, right? But I went there, so he offered me some mint tea. Next day he offered me some tahin, some food. So we became friends. But in the last day that I was in Ouarzazate, I was living with like five carpets that I didn't even have space to put, you know? But through reciprocity, he taught me the best uh, lesson in sales that I could have ever had. So he, he we we had a relationship. He offered me tea. He offered me food. So there was reciprocity. I I felt the obligation to buy his carpet. You know, so I I could I could learn that in a in a Harvard MBA. I could or uh, let's say patience, right? Patience. I remember in, in Uganda, I took a, a van to see was, there were some rhinos that we. We We could see, so I took this local van there. The van uh, had a flat wheel, and then they changed the wheel. Then, after a while, another flat wheel. so we didn't have any other wheel. So we had to wait for other van. Eventually, we didn't have time to see the rhinos went back home, and i didn't I didn't do the activity that I was supposed to do, but I had so much experience out of this day of going out. And coming back, I didn't have, I didn't actually fulfill my goal there, but it's really the journey. Like what was the journey that I had there? How could I have this journey, journey otherwise? So there are so many uh, valuable lessons that travel teaches that are, can be used in the business world and can, can help you become a, a billionaire too. Definitely you can with the travel lessons.
0: Yeah. It's a different kind of education, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I mean, you spent three and a half years on the road, visited fifty countries, and you were volunteering. And that is leading to the platform you created, World Packers. You guys have, at least according to my research, has facilitated more than one hundred forty thousand exchanges and helping match the you know conscientious travelers with hosts around the world. Explain kind of what you guys do, and I, I do have some questions about you know, how it started and some advice. and, and uh, But what, what I wanted to do is just have you explain what it is. And then I wanted to get some general advice on work exchange opportunities and kind of best practices and things like that, if that's okay.
1: Got it, sure. So Worldpackers is a marketplace. It's an app that you can find right now more than 10,000 opportunities in pretty much all the countries to have those experiences. Like kind of this travel changes my life Uh, What me and and, and my partner, Eric, what we wanted to provide initially was this opportunity to transformational experience for more people. So many of our friends initially, they go, oh, you guys are so lucky. And, And Eric was living in San Diego for a while. So at this hostel, International Travelers House. And then people were saying, oh, you guys are so lucky and rich. And you go, oh, actually it's not, it's not about lucky or money. It's like, so there's opportunities that you can help out, that you can volunteer. Uh, right now, we have the our eco programs. So you can volunteer in, in ecological or farms. Have our social programs. You can volunteer in NGOs. So the basic is you are going there to help some place, some community, some group of people. And in exchange for the help, there is accommodation. That's the, let's say, the rough definition of of what we do. Like the deeper definition is it's really about the experience. So which kind of experiences does your soul want? Do you want to have? So you can filter by, let's say, mountain or vegan, or you want to use your skill as digital marketer, or you want to be in a place for one week. You want to be in a Buddhist retreat. You want to be in a boat party. So what kind of experiences you want to have so it's in a very affordable way. It will cost, uh, on, there's it goes from like 50 to $300 on a yearly subscription base. Depends of if you want just the, the basics or if you want some some more. So, but as cheap as that, you can travel for the whole year. So we're gonna be either in a couple hosts or you, you, you choose the kind of hosts you want. Currently more than 10,000 experiences that you can filter according to your profile, you see those that make sense for you. Let's say if you need to speak German to be in that place and you don't speak German, you won't see that opportunity. So you build your profile, you put your preferences, and then we're going to match you up with opportunities around the world. And there is much more people say, I don't have any skill or I don't want to use this skill specific. So it's much more about the attitude that you go there. It's much more about what you're willing to offer and collaborate. So mainly it's a collaborative community. That's how we we define ourselves. So it's a movement, but it's a community. Right now it's 4 million people that are in the whole community there uh, that are looking for other people with a similar mindset. Because when you're going to travel, so there's people that travel in a rush, right? There's people... If you want to meet people that are traveling for the experience, and you use the word purpose, but the purpose could be anything as simple as ah uh, try something different, as simple as uh, I want to get to know people from different cultures. Like I, I, there is so much romance in the word purpose nowadays, but it's a simple thing as what we're looking for. And then there is a lot of people that are looking for similar things that are have similar struggle when they try to talk to others about why travel is so important for them, why collaboration brought them some joy. So it's really about the people that you connect there. But in essence, you access the app or you access the website, build your profile, and then you just need to pay once you decide where you're going to. And then you have the whole year to have those different experiences applied to the host, and then you engage in a in a in an approval process there. And then then just go. It could be as close as very near your home or around the world.
0: It's impressive to hear how large you've grown this, given that... You're facilitating these experiences. And, you know, the idea of, well, let's match, you know, travelers with people that want to host, you know, that's the idea. But then actually coming up with with systems and processes and technology to make that happen and, hey, make it happen in a safe way. I'm sure it took a lot of work and you've learned a lot along the way. Uh, I want to get into some of those sort of best lessons on like a little side business conversation but let's start with like the travel aspect here and we could take this off the platform as well because i understand like people are here to to learn about this but also get you know general travel advice and i mean you were doing the work volunteer thing for quite a long time before you even started this on your own as an independent traveler right so i think people's number one is concern on the travel side well, may, you could tell me what the number one concern is. I would guess one concern is safety and then, you know, not getting taken advantage of. So showing up where, like, you know, they say, oh, well, you have to work five hours a week. And the next thing you know, you're like digging ditches for 20 hours a, a week. And you're like, this isn't what I signed up for. And you're sleeping in a hole somewhere underneath their house. You know, I'm sure these things happen. I'm not saying they happen on your platform, whatever. I mean, you've heard stories from people, but, you know, I, I would, guess they're few and far between but you know if you're a traveler in that situation how do you handle it like yeah just give us like your advice here on the whole work exchange for accommodations thing
1: Mm -hmm. yeah and that goes from both sides actually right because many hosts they said "Ah, i don't want volunteers because volunteers are lazy or so there's prejudice in all sides when we look back into let's say go back to society again for thousands of years, we used to travel, and then you or you go you go to a friend's house, you sleep in their house, you wash the dishes, you you help cleaning. Like you, we always did that somehow in a very informal way. I think Picture. what we're facilitating, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're facilitating a way to do that in a constant basis. Let's say as a lifestyle, or or for someone who is in college and they want to like let's say take a gap year or before or after or or during. Uh, I want to be a content writer, perhaps. So they go, they can learn. We have online courses too. They can learn how to be a content writer. They can volunteer for NGO writing content. And then after that, they, they are way easier to, to get a job, for example. But the number one uh, concern that we have to, to, to look the whole time is aligning expectations. Because as you said, some, it's like four hours. Where are you going to sleep? So actual and current and real information about the host. So where are you sleeping? What are they involved in terms of food, in terms of what you're going to be helping with? So this needs to be very clear. So we have to guarantee that this is happening. And for both sides, so on the travel profile, with languages that we speak, so the skills that you have, like are beginner or intermediate. So it really is about the specifics of what you have to offer and what is being offered for you. So our job as a platform is to align those expectations. So it needs to be accurate and real from both sides. So if the concern is uh, not uh, regarding people taking advantage of me or regarding the hours or regarding whatever, it needs to be accurate there. So that's our main function to guarantee that that's accurate.
0: Okay. Okay. Who who do you think should not consider a work exchange situation?
1: If you think about travel as a way, I go to fancy hotels and like five star hotels, and you really see travel as a way of uh, enjoying the comforts of, let's say, a really nice bed or people serving me every time. So that's the concept of travel that many people have. So I go in like high season. I go in. It's very expensive. I, I want to be treated as a, in a very special way. So that's the only uh, the only way I see travel. If you're if that's the only way you see travel, that's not for you because it's really a collaborative thing. If that's one of the ways you see travel, but also you see ways of traveling, collaborating, or if you travel in a more let's call alternative way or putting your hands on helping to to grow trees. So if you want to have different experiences, that's for you. If you are more on the mindset of, I don't want to have different experiences, I know what is, this is what I, my expectation. Because in this kind of experiences, if you are too attached to the expectations you had, so you might get disappointed. So you you need to be open And to to new experiences in every time in a safe way, in a way that protects you and, and the environment and the community, but open to different experiences. So you go, but you can minimize that through the online profile of you and of the host. But I would say it's really about the mindset of not just the collaboration, but the new experiences way. So, because for many people they travel, they have their whole plan, right? So I'm gonna eat in this place, I'm gonna sleep in this place. So they they have like one week or two weeks, whatever, and everything is planned. So I think this kind of experience is good if you are with a more. Open mind. Okay, there. I know what I'm gonna do. I know where I'm going to sleep, but I'm leaving some free time to to the unknown. Let's say like that.
0: Mm. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I, I mean, I think there is a misconception that the only people that do this sort of thing are, you know, like you said, college age or people on a gap year. But from a lot of the conversations I've had on the podcasts, it's it's really people of all ages that do this. I've heard. I've talked to families who do this. I just wanted to get your thoughts on that because this is one of those things that I feel it's always important to kind of let people understand like some of these things that seem on the surface that are just for like the, you know, the hardcore young budget travelers or whatever. Mm-hmm. Is It's not just mm-hmm. that. Am I right?
1: Yeah, totally, man. There, there is this concept. The, the idea initially was when we started and we were talking to people, people say, why would someone do that? <laughs> like, why would someone in their vacation helping out someplace? Why? You know, so initially there was this idea that, ah, there is for broken people, people without money. That was not like 10 years ago. I think that was the conception. I think pandemic helped change this view. So it's really about the experience. We, we keep repeating that. It's, it's all about the experience. We see ourselves as an educational platform. De- democratizing transformational experiences is our goal. So we keep repeating that for like almost a decade now. But I feel now people are looking more for, let's say, personal growth. They're looking more for purpose travel. They're looking quite quitting, man. So people are not... Not happy. We're talking about mental health. We're talking about affordability with crisis and especially Generation Z. So for young people, it became really obvious now, like, okay, gap year or college student. So I can, but for older people, it became obvious now because they are the, they have the time, they have the money, and they have the experiences. So they're the best volunteers most of the time. So they help balancing. So Generation Z, for example, sometimes a lot of energy going to go and, and help and do, but the maturity of older people, let's say millennials or we have people all the way to 70, currently 79 years old. And we have a, f- a lot of people that are above 70, above 60, above 50, 30, 40. So most are, I would say between 24 and 35, but there is a lot of, and getting more traction in in people with more experience, maturity, and the hosts love it because they are very serious. They are very committed and they are very open to have this experience. So initially they had like a, a, an issue in their career. So they want to try something different. They had a relationship that didn't work out. So they are, they want to take t- some time off. So people are using these experiences uh, in life experience that happens a lot. Two, I want to something new. So what is new and what is uh, deep? So I don't want to, go and be by myself i want to be with different people than i'm used to but in an environment that is cozy that is that helps me out so that i can open up to the experience and i can develop myself i can learn new skills i can improve my 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 views in a safe in a safe way. so this niche i would say it grew a lot it has been growing like in the in the last years but after pandemic the amount of people that are willing to offer that and to receive that, it just it just grew a lot. Yeah.
0: We'll get back to the interview in just a moment. Would you love to have an incredible cup of coffee every day? I've tried it all. I've done the pour over, I've done the French press, but I tasted an Aeropress coffee many years ago, and immediately I was sold. I had to get one. Aeropress is a patented three-in-one brew technology. This combines the flavor benefits of espresso, pour-over, and French press all into one compact portable device built for travel or home. I love things you can use in both places. This device has over 55,000 five-star reviews in over 60 countries. AeroPress is the best-reviewed coffee press on the planet. I've owned one for so many years. I don't even remember how long it's been. And they are under 50 bucks So they also make an exceptional gift, thoughtful, proven, tasty, and travel-oriented. Who wouldn't love that? Now, you get 20% off just for being a listener of this show at aeropress.com slash zero to travel. That's aeropress, A-E-R-O-P-R-E-S-S dot com slash zero to travel. That will save you 20% on checkout. Thanks to Aeropress for supporting today's show. on an incredible journey through Morocco together with me. Sign up over there at zerototravel.com slash trip to get all the details. Thanks for listening and hope to see you there. Now, back to the show. Um, one of the big benefits of a work exchange, I would think, is the you're, you're connecting with a local, the cultural Im- immersion and the exchange aspect. What, what, what does cultural immersion mean to you? And may, maybe you could share a story or two from your personal travels that illustrates how this type of travel, work exchange, creates opportunities for cultural exchange or, or meaningful cultural immersion.
1: I remember on, on my travels, when the concept came to me initially through the kibbutz in Israel, they have the kibbutz that are these communal societies in Israel that people live, kind of the ashrams in India, where people live through a objective in common that could be grow food together and live in a, in a in this commune here, this society here where we help each other. Everyone has their hours of help for the community. Then I, I was in France and I met this, this, she was a Scottish girl. She wanted to improve her French. So she was helping out in this, in this camping there, it was in, in French. So she was helping out there and she was having the best time of her life because she was improving her friends, she was getting new friends and talking to people and, and having fun and enjoy. So uh, this, when the concept starting to, oh, that's, is there, the question is, is there a big market for that, you know? So is there a lot of people who actually thinks like that, who actually wants to do that? And I'll give you an example that we've been doing recently. We are doing beach cleanups. So we get together volunteers to clean the coast, the shores the ocean. So two weeks ago, uh, we organized one, there was 150 people. So we removed about uh, seven kilos of uh, garbage in like hour and a half. And total last year, we did the last 12 months, we did 84 beach cleanups with the volunteers, packers volunteers, and we removed almost two tons of garbage from the streets. And the people in the beach cleanup, man, it's so fun. Because where do you, you get to, to meet nice people today? You know, you could go to a party, you could go to yoga, you could go, you could talk to a stranger in the street, but it's 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 weird, right? But if you are in a situation where you are all working towards something bigger than ourselves, and the people who are who committed going there, let's say in a Saturday morning, to help out cleaning the coast. So you really meet amazing people and friendships and bond for a long time. Because I think the main issue in society today is loneliness. So we all are very alone and in our screens, even with our friends and family, many times we're alone. And I remember one day I was in a bus in Cambodia, uh, in Southeast Asia, and I was not very very well that day. And there was a, a person from Finland beside me. And I started talking to her and there was like a, almost four hours trip. Uh, there was in Fort, uh, near 4,000 islands. And I opened my heart to her in a, in a way that I didn't open to many of my friends and family. And I cried and I, talk, and I never saw her again, but was such a connection of people who are, she was also far from home, you know, like she was, we both were in the other side of the world and in, in living those amazing experiences. But when we came back home, or we talk to, to, to people home, they didn't quite get those experiences. It didn't really uh, resonate on them. Maybe because that's why one of the reasons that they li- didn't live in the first place. And they were more they were not so interested in that, those experiences. And for us, it was so life-changing experiences and we want to share that with everyone. There's this, this technique or this tool or this mindset or this habit that really can change the world. But people are not interested into that, you know? So some people are, and some people who are on the road, some people who are living those experiences. So the connection of people uh, and then the bonds that forms in situations like that. So the opportunity for you to let the other transform you and you transform the other, for me, is the most beautiful aspect of change. Because at, at, at the end of the day, what we are offering is transformation. And what means transformation? We don't want to transform somehow. We want to keep it the way we are. We know that there are things of ourselves that we like and things of ourselves that we don't like, but it don't, we want to keep that. It's hard. Change is hard, man. Change is hard. But when we're changing in a so friendly and fun environment, I think it's easier because we all have aspects that, us, that we know that need to be changed. And we can do that in different ways. But I think volunteering is a way to transform uh, in our core uh, and remember who we are and why we are here.
0: Those were great stories. That thank you so much for sharing all that. I mean, I imagine that connection on the bus was, yeah, that's that's always the trick, right? When you come home, how do you? It's always difficult to describe those experiences. Some people might get them, and, and others maybe it's just that's just sounds strange. But uh, if you've traveled enough and have been around the world with other travelers and you kind of had this shared sort of, like you said, it's the like-minded nature of things. So if you're coming into a group that's like-minded, easier to make those connections. You mentioned the beach cleanup as a, as an example. I mean, how does, how does it feel for you to know that these things are going on beach cleanups and, you know, people having these great experiences? I mean, to start from where you did, to now like these experiences are happening all around the world as we speak H- how do you feel man?
1: yeah uh, when I stop to think about that I feel happy on on what is happening but I also feel there is so much and so if if you think so few people they know about those experiences those possibilities the the actual... Possibility of you doing something like that. So many people don't consider; they don't they don't think change is possible. So when I look, okay, we've done a lot. Right now, there's about seventy thousand people traveling through us, and 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 that's great. But when I think about how many people are not, and they are in a way that they ah oh, they're they're not happy with their lives. They're not in a place where they wanna be. They are not with people where they wanna be. They they are not doing. Uh, the work that they would like to do. So when I think about that, there's so much, and we're constantly improving platform and and and, and app and our channels and their social media and there is affiliates. There's so much work, but when I I'm I, I talking about purpose, also I think it's it's good to to remember myself. I'm working probably more now than I was in the bank but the nature of work it changed cuz I love I love I love what I do so I talk to people and, and sometimes I'm in the um, I'm like walking in a place and having a call but I'm oh why am I doing that you know so uh, and and again, nothing against bankers and nothing against making millionaires billionaires. And that, that's part of, of, of my life, of what I did. And what and I learned a lot with that. And for some people, that might be the purpose. But for some people who are in a place, okay, I'd like something to be different. I don't quite know what. I don't want to spend a lot of money into finding that out. I want to do that in a safe way. And I don't have a lot of time, maybe one week, two weeks two. Have this experience. So what is it, always in my mind, man, is like, okay. So how can I help these people uh, see that there is other possibilities that you don't need to to do what you don't want to do forever and be with those what you don't want to be, and and you don't need to keep this projection of okay, when I'm in the future, I will be happy when I retire or when I find this person or when that and that future, man, and pandemic brought us that oh, is is there, what's the reality of this future? And I'm not saying to, okay, you have to abandon everything and go on a journey. No, like I did, three years traveling. That's not not what I'm saying. But like, just to consider the possibility of taking one or two weeks off to volunteer for some calls that make sense for you. And if you can do that in an affordable way and also improve your skills, just consider that. So just, navigate through the possibilities and most important talk to other people who did that so we have a feature in the app or in the website that you can talk you don't need to be a member it's all for free that you can talk to people who actually had the experience there so you can ask the reality of the experience so what is real there so i think we are at the end of the day we are all looking for what's real What's reality? So what, what's real? Because especially in the internet, in a world where everyone is trying to sell stuff to everyone, so it's really too hard to find what's real. So the best way that I see is talking to other people that had this kind of experiences, that you were thinking that can help you, that can improve your life, that can make you happier, that can teach you stuff. So I would say that talking to, to people who had the experiences is always the best way.
0: I can hear a lot of the passion and the things that you love. I'm curious on not, not not to not to bring it down, but I'm gonna ask you, what is your least favorite part about running this business? Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's still a business man. so when I think <laughs> about uh, when I quit the bank and I was I'm traveling the world i I thought that 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 time that I would be traveling forever man <laughs> it's like my idea I'm gonna be traveling forever, and three and a half years is almost forever, man, but eventually I got tired of like oh moving on and packing up and i wanted some more roots so then when i started okay and then there was a lot of work energy to start and it's kind of when you're starting it is so fun and exciting and new possibilities and then within time you become more like a manager you become more like there is this tough decisions and then for some time i was uh not enjoying that so i was like oh it was so much happier when I was just traveling and there was no the responsibility, no, no responsibility, man. Kind of the <laughs> Peter Pan idea of I would be traveling. <laughs> and then I started to really value responsibility and, and the power of it. And as an adult, you know what I mean? Some, because having no responsibility, it's a childish um uh, Mindset, and I think that's a big problem of, of big problem of the world is that many people in power they have this child mindset of ah, I don't want to worry. And there's some really th- concerning things in the world happen that we need to discuss, and we don't have the answers, we need to be open. And I think travel taught a lot. And I think I learned so much into banking, traveling, entrepreneurship that for me, like doing the work that I do is fulfilling for me. Sometimes I, I take some time off. And I go, oh I I go and, and do some work. So I miss also not having some specific project in in in, in case that I'm always worried. So this total freedom that I experienced traveling, I, I miss it. But on the other hand, I really value the power of responsibility that I that I have now. But the hard part, I would say the hardest part for me ever was having to fire uh, a good friend so there was someone who started and then things were working well but at some time at at some point they were not anymore and someone that i valued a lot there was a very good friend and having to do that uh hurt me a lot so i think the hardest part for me is 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 that because since we see ourselves as a movement as a community so the people are part of that, but sometimes it's, it's not the right time for for that relationship to work in that way. So that's that's always tough for me.
0: Yeah, that's uh, the unfun part of business, right? I'm hearing the responsibility thing. I feel like if you if you have the opportunity to travel responsibility free, it is a wonderful gift, and seize that opportunity by all means. But then you also painted the picture on the other end of the spectrum. For me, that was definitely one of the things that I I nailed down later when I had all these ideas and I never really kind of got them launched until later on, I realized it was because I didn't truly want to have responsibility. I wanted to travel and be free. And then once I kind of got kind of like what you said, like I had to reframe it, you know what I mean? Once I kind of got past that and realized that now, I mean, you know, same same as you, I get to show up and I'm like, I get to talk to, it's not like, Oh, I have to go work today. I'm like, I get to, to talk to Ricardo Lima today, a guy who's traveled the world and is running this great community. Like, this is awesome. So it's a, it's a definitely a blessing to have that in your work day, you know, you know, but in your story, I mean, you, you had to give up, like you said, uh, uh, you know, what society would perceive as, you know, making it in a way and a lot of uh, financial opportunity to pursue something. And, a lot of hard work and over time, and like I said, you're still working a lot and everything, but it's 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 working out for you. But you had to make the leap in the beginning, and I think that's that's always an inspiring story to hear and to share. Um, I wanted to get some business advice because you you know you worked in in finance and at a, at a very large scale, and now you've taken this idea and brought it to reality and, and worked on it for so many years. And uh, you know, like you said, you've learned a ton, and I'm, I wanted to get some of the best lessons that you've learned. Building this company and maybe this is just kind of the world i'm coming from you know kind of the digital nomad sort of like a lot of, most people i would say nowadays especially online they're, they're starting as like sort of the solopreneur kind of mentality right it's like i'm going to start this thing i'm just going to like do an mvp a minimum viable product on this and i'm going to test it and, and see how it works if, if you're that's always a good way to go you know before you invest too much money but either way it's like sort of one person maybe have a little help Maybe you have like a buddy you met that you're doing it with, like like you guys did. And you're kind of like starting this thing. But then you have to go from that to, you know, again, this is very difficult because every business journey is unique. But you have to go from that to like actually scaling it to a way where you can make a, a bigger impact, have a bigger customer base, have more clients, whatever the case is for you how did that look for you maybe you could share some general lessons you learned that would be applicable to different styles of business they just kind of like you know if somebody wants to build something bigger than themselves right now they're doing it or one day what's your best advice for that I guess is what I'm getting at
1: so a couple of them uh I would say first meaning uh so it's it's good to have in the financial independence geographic independence But I'm feeling that every time more, it's very important for us to notice what what kind of impact we're having in the world. So meaning in terms of, okay, so who are you helping So, in terms of society, other people or, or planet Earth? So which kind of impact are you having in what you do? So trying to get these three things together, I would say actually four things together. So look for your financial independence, your geographic independence, the positive impact in the world and your well being, because it's also easy to get burned out if you have all of those, all of those stuff. In terms of if you're starting something, or if you're just starting, I would say get 10 people using your product or service uh, as fast as you can and get feedback. 10 from them. people, so, did you say? 10 people, 10 people getting you feedback. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So if you are a product or a service, Make a find a way to even the, ten friends is not the best, but it still works. But get them to get, get, give you feedback. So honest, exchange it for candid and honest feedback. That's the most valuable thing you can have in the beginning, because if your idea is in your mind. Like old Packers, for example, we it took us like four months to build the first version of the website. We did in a Excel spreadsheet because that's what we we understood at that time. So we hired a programmer in the other side of the world to to do that. It took us four months, but it was a lot of attitude. But we didn't have the preparation. So I would say attitude beats preparation in the in if you want something to start or to go because you can prepare it. Can you can always be prepared? I can always be more prepared, but like the attitude to start and to launch and to get feedback and to get nose. and then our website crushed, and then we went for and found another our third co-founder, and he just joined us because we were growing at that time, and we were just growing because we launched before, we failed before, so the more attitude you have uh, towards doing traction and traction by traction I mean doing the maximum with minimum so many people come to me and say I love to do it but I don't have money or I don't have technology so I, I need investor and I need a CTO and we didn't have investors we didn't have a CTO in the first place so attitude uh, what do we had our first thing was like a Facebook page at the time was Facebook and uh crap youtube video that we made like explaining what volunteering means and i was asking people please can you like our face today we have like millions of followers in tiktok and and instagram and but in the beginning like it was i was asking i remember the the like number 1000 i was in a party asking people to like you know so attitude go and then do whatever you can do if you but that's what i said the first is meaning so remember of why you're doing that and then go all wing with that. So that means hard work. That means was a lot. But remember why you were doing that. Um, if you're beginning, this feedback from from people are so valuable because you build on top of this feedback. And I think one of the most important one, if you have, if you're more than one person, is to have uh, skills that are. That so sum up to your skills so you don't get people that exact like you, so that means diversity complementary skill sets. Yeah, complementary skill sets that, that very well said. Uh, in a way that the purpose or the goal or the meaning is one, but the skills are complementary, so they don't repeat, they sum up. And also discuss a lot in the beginning, the relationship with your partner. So like, what if that happens? What if that happens? So don't be afraid to have the tough discussions and the conflicts early on, because the the sooner they happen, the best for you, because otherwise they will happen when things are bigger and then it's a problem. So having these tough discussions. And then if you're growing and if you're willing to grow, really look for processes of uh, management or it could be the OKRs could be but otherwise it will be too loose so don't micromanage it but also don't let it too loose so there's this risk of both so find a way of process that you can scale what you're doing and you can keep innovation happening you don't burn out yourself doing while doing that and ask for help mentors books webinars but don't again attitude beats preparation because if you're just preparing yourself but don't don't never stop learning there is always this possibility of you learn more but attitude is what you need the most so focus prioritization what you have to do what you was the most important thing to do now go for it and and keep some time for your your mental sanity too so either a hobby or a sport or meditation or traveling eating health. Uh, It's a lot to do all of those stuff Uh, I couldn't do. So in the beginning, I was working, working, working. I didn't sleep. I didn't have proper food. So I would say as a mistake, as a learning, if I could go back in time, I would do that. And I would focus in the smallest niche possible. So sometimes people want to do like the new Facebook. No focus. I think now the trend is towards what's the smallest niche that you can solve a problem and then you can scale out of that. And I believe sustainability is a big niche happening right now. And everything digital nomad related is something that will be be growing as well.
0: Great advice. Did you guys ever get funded or is it all still self-funded and...
1: Yeah, no, we have is uh, small investments from in the early days. So we had a uh, uh, seed investment in the in the early days about seven years ago.
0: Did you have any advice around that? Because that's always a you know you come from a finance background, so that sounds much easier for somebody like you to navigate than me, for example. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So in terms of investments. The first advice from me would be just go if you are sure about that. So at we were sure because we knew the people there. We were in a situation that it made sense for us. It made sense for them. If you were desperate in need of, of money, it probably will not be a good deal, man, because you have to discuss a lot in terms of contract, but you need to have someone in the other side of the table that you like to be with, that will be helpful to you. Same as the partner, like the complementary skill set, the, but the meaning, the purpose must be the same. So it's, it's hard to find. So that's why uh, I think now there's more investors with this idea of really helping and building uh, something that, that makes sense to the world. So if you want that, that means that you want to scale more, you want to be bigger And not necessarily that's a good thing. So you have to question yourself a lot. Do I really want that? Because it's easy to get the money, get the technology. So, but usually it's not the problem. I would look for into, I would start thinking about profitability, especially in the current markets, the next 12 to 24 months, I think would be really hard for investments. So I would focus in, try to be be profitable and try to spend as less as you can because times you are tough and will be tougher Uh, but if you really need it you need three things mostly so traction so doing the maximum with minimum and showing growth size of the market showing that your market is big enough for 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 investment and who are you? So, why are you solving this problem? Why are you the right person for solving these problems? And don't worry too much about valuation or like how much, because especially now with the markets that it changed so much. Uh the valuations that were used in the past are very different than, than what's happening today. So don't get too attached to that. Focus more on who will be your partner. It's like a marriage, it's like a it's like you're getting married, and it's it's more than a marriage. Because marriage, sometimes you can just leave the marriage, and that's not that's not like a marriage, man. It's more more than a marriage. So worry, think about, and solve the relationships as you would do in a marriage.
0: So make sure that to put
1: the toilet seat down. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much, pretty no, much. Yeah. That. or at least negotiate that is that need to be down or not sometimes down sometimes not how we're going to define that so these discussions are very important they are annoying to have it you know like what what if i die what if you i i want to give up and that must be written there because those things might happen uh you you can I, i i like the idea of positive thinking But I don't believe that the universe conspires about, I think you have to do the work, man. You have to plan, you have to discuss, you have to do, then the universe conspires, you know, like the the luck favors the one who is there, out there, like on on the arena, you know? So I believe that having those uh, discussions and pursuing conflict, because most we try to run away from conflict. But if you... Go for conflict, especially early on, especially with the people that have the same purpose or you're running towards the same goal as you, let's say, in an organization. Having those discussions is very important and ha- helps out a lot down the road.
0: Having tough discussions or facing conflict head on is one of those things that I feel really helped me in my personal growth, like just having to do it and forcing yourself to do it even though it's uncomfortable and it's a different kind of uncomfortable than you know going off the beaten track travel uncomfortable it's uh dealing one on one with with a conversation like having to let go friend of a friend like you mentioned or those types of things that can happen there are also tremendous opportunities for growth even though at the time you you dread it right you're just like I'm dreading this conversation but you learn a lot i appreciate you sharing some of your key lessons learned here. I, I I had one or two more things, if that's okay. Uh, just managing remote employees because I've I read you guys have around 50 remote employees now. Maybe it's more, maybe it's less, but you've had quite a big team at least at certain points. Advice on managing such a large remote team because I think this is one of the key strategies that ties in with where this all started with like imagine the solopreneur trying to build something bigger at some point you you have you might have an office but if you're listening to this podcast most likely you have a remote team because you like to to travel and have that freedom and you like to give that freedom to others too you know and maybe there's some base but yeah so it's different for everybody but yeah just curious uh, about your any advice on um managing the remote yeah. work thing
1: so we don't have an office last time we had an office was about four years ago uh and we moved so we started uh physically and then moved to, to remote. Uh and that was there is this challenging to move in. So if those people who are in with an office and wanting to go to remote is a specific challenge. Those who were born remote, I think is a different challenge. Mainly the hardest part if you're born remote is to have these connections with people that is hard to get online. So you need to do like offsides and company retreats. We do every six months company retreats and the areas, let's say marketing or operations, they get together every six months as well. So every three months, so people are seeing each other. So three months, the, the area, six months, the company, three months, area, six months, the company. So having this, this bit. So I learned that three months is a good time for you to be away, but also, then you need to reconnect and to regroup and to discuss, but other than that, the hybrid way I don't like that much because otherwise, especially as a travel company, people many of the people who work at World Packers they are volunteering somewhere, they are word packing somewhere. So I would say uh, in our case, the pro- they are using the product, bringing feedback, and we're seeing each other from time to time. We do a weekly meeting. I think that's quite important, especially because with remote, it's easier to. Um, to things fall apart somehow, we don't know what's happening. Like in the, if you're in office, you see someone, you, you talk, have those chats in the in the coffee break. But like that's the only meeting we have, so it's like twenty five minutes. It's just updates for every area, say what's happening there, uh, and we try to reduce uh, the number of meetings, especially because there is different time locations. So we avoid meetings, but we have a system. We do, we have OKR system. We use Slack. Uh, mostly for communications. We use Trello, mostly for project organization. And then we have specific uh, uh, encounters between areas, let's say marketing and tech, how they're giving feedback to each other. We are every time grabbing feedback from 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 customers and using Slack channels. So we love using Slack channels for different purposes to make sure that the communication doesn't need to happen uh, and the same time life because for some people the time zone might be crazy so remote has uh, an additional challenge of time zones if you are in different parts of the world like we are like yesterday i had a meeting with someone from my team he is in korea he's in south korea so uh it's 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 hard if you have to be schedule meetings at those times so we have to learn how to communicate with different time zones so how to uh project management specifically and inside the areas how we're going to deal with that so having great leaders for us is is essential so you can you can you have to have great people doing uh doing things you cannot concentrate everything on you especially if you are uh remote there so having great people and having uh Having studied ways to do it remotely and learning with other companies, with other people, chatting, constantly trying to improve, using tools, the software, like the technology that is out there to, to help. But it, eventually, if I had to sum up in one word, is trust. You have to have trust in people. So it's way harder to micromanage if you are remote. So trust is the base. And how do you build trust? So initially for me, it's like you have to be people with the meaning or the purpose that is aligned to yours, uh, but at that same time, complementary. So ethic people with integrity that are really uh, willing to do it because not just for their sake, but for the sake of the whole community. So I think these are some of our our secret sauce.
0: Cool. Thanks for sharing all that. Uh, one Semi-selfish question, although I know some listeners might be in the same boat. Have you seen people utilize world packers as a as a family or with children? Is that something that's possible?
1: Yeah, there are especially in in ecological uh, projects. There are many projects that are permaculture that you go there to mostly to plant to harvest those projects. Many of those projects they accepted, uh, but you you have to talk to the specific host. But then there is some blog posts that were written about. There's some reviews uh, written about that. Uh, we have a couple plans as well. So you can either uh, get the plan individual or the, the couple plans or friends plan. So two people traveling together. Some places, they don't allow people below 18. So it depends of what we, where, where you are going, the country and the project, etc. But many do. So it's just literally checking, uh doing the filters uh and then finding out. But there is every time more more positions for for couples, families, or or older people.
0: Cool. Thanks. Worldpackers.com. Of course we'll link up to it all in the show notes. Any final words on uh whatever you want to share here, man?
1: Yeah, I'd say as a as a way to to wrap up, to we started talking about that intuition or Connection and those sometimes look like uh woo woo words or like spiritual spiritual talks. But I honestly think that it's very important for everyone to listen to this you call can you can call inner voice or whatever to see what, is, what makes sense for you in this life, man. Uh, it's just, for me, m- remembering that we're going to die is like, oh, okay, what am I doing with my life right now? And maybe it's not travel for you. Maybe it's not entrepreneurship. Maybe it's like painting or poetry or or no. Maybe it's just watching Netflix, whatever it is. But like I, I, I always say people to ask yourself and try to listen to this voice that is some somehow beyond our rational thinking and sometimes a silence place or nature helps out that but just to to check check up in yourself like are you happy are you where you want to be are you doing what you want to do uh, and be honest to yourself if not and the the worst thing is you lie to yourself so uh, find this inner honest is the best way to still have time to to change if you, or just to celebrate where you are.
0: Yeah. That's beautiful, man. I love it. I'm going to mm. take that advice and and spend a little time with that tomorrow morning and just kind of check in. I think that's a great way to end this and uh great kind of approach to just, yeah, life, just taking, taking some moments to do that. I, I really appreciate you sharing that and everything else you did today, man. Thank you so much. Of course, worldpackers.com. we really excited to be connected with you, Ricardo, and I hope we can stay in touch and, and find a way to beat to up and do this again in person sometime.
1: Awesome! Person is always better, man. Remote is good, in person is <laughs> better, man. Thanks so much for, right. for having me here.
0: Thanks. Take care.
1: Thank you. Bye bye.
0: Special thanks to Ricardo Lima for stopping by the show and sharing his advice. Loved that conversation. They were kind enough over at World Packers to extend a discount code to the listening audience. Here, you get ten bucks off if you use the promo code Zero to Travel, just like the name of the podcast over at WorldPackers.com. So, if you want to get in there and take advantage of what they have to offer, there you go. And I loved that call to action at the end there. Checking in with yourself. And one thing that stuck out that Ricardo said is the worst thing you can do is to lie to yourself. I thought that was something worth mentioning here as we close out. And we don't do that on purpose, right? Sometimes we, we know we're lying to ourselves, but we kind of keep the lie going because it helps us feel better or justifies a behavior or an action or some place we are in our life, whatever the case is. If you do spend some time to check in with yourself after this podcast today or tomorrow and you accept that call to action there that Ricardo gave at the end, then uh, just wanted to highlight that. The worst thing you can do is lie to yourself. and, And just a little friendly reminder to all of us here as we close it out with a quote, this one from the Dalai Lama. I think this is a good one to finish up who said, When you talk, you are only repeating what you already know. But if you listen, you may learn something new. And I think that goes for sitting quietly and listening to ourselves as well. So with that said, I'll let you go. Thanks for listening. And I will see you next week. Peace and love to you and yours. Cheers.
1: This podcast has been brought to you by ZeroToTravel.com ideas and advice to make your travel dreams a reality.